Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Do you aspire to become the best leader you can be? Then come along with me and GLE. Faith, love, integrity, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life and arm you with the tools and mindset to lead effectively in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is up, everybody? Today's show got a real treat for you. He's been in corporate. Now he's in real estate, which I'm ex- really excited to chat with him about today. He's a Michigan boy. He's into fast cars. He's also a four-wheeling off-roading son of a gun. And I know he does a lot more than that. And I'm thrilled to have him on today. Teo Bogdan, welcome to GLE. Thank you, Phil. Honored to be here, man. What's Thanks cracking, man? Nothing, man. Just, you know, woke up in the morning, got uh, got some workouts in. There you go. Some breakfast, ready Gotta for do the day, it. you know. Good for you, brother. Good for you. So, Teo, tell me about your story, man. I know you've been through a lot. You know, you're doing a lot right now in real estate. How, how did we get to where you are today? So it all started, uh, well, I think my story really starts back when I was 10 years old and my parents decided to move to America, right? Because um, if it wasn't for that, then I don't know, I'd be herding cows or something, right? Who knows? <laughs> but uh, so that, that's kind of like where it all started, right? We moved to America. Um, I knew like zero English, which, you know, some people it's like hard to believe because I don't really have an accent and everything. But anyway, you know, typical you know, immigrant. Where'd you, come, where'd you move from? Romania. Yep. And, uh, it's the, the country that looks like, uh, like a gold, like a golden dish. What's like goldfish, you know? Like oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I never heard that before. Yeah. It's in Europe. It's, it's a sweet country, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, anyway, <laughs> so yeah. So typical immigrant parents, right. They wanted me to go to school. So I went for engineering because, you know, I was always a car guy. I always liked cars, always liked all that stuff, taking stuff apart, putting it together. So went to school, wasn't really a fan of school, but I was like, Hey, this is what I got to do to, you know, make it or be successful or whatever. Right. So I did that. And, uh, next thing was I pretty much got into corporate. I got a job as a, uh, I think it was a design engineer at a Japanese company. And, uh, man, like I didn't even graduate college and I got that job. They're like, all right, you need to graduate. Like we're going to hire you as an engineer, but you know, you need to, uh, <laughs> you still graduate just because there was an open position. I was already an intern. It just like worked out. Right. So it was sweet. I was able to pay for a lot of my college that way. But as soon as I got in there, I was like, man, this, I don't think this is for me. You know, like I saw everyone else walking around. I was like, this is going to be another 30, 40 years of this. Like all these guys look miserable. No one's happy. No one's. And the other thing was like, I look out in the parking lot, like no one's driving cool cars. No one's driving like nothing, like nothing, <laughs> right. no one, not, nothing cool is happening here. Right. Um, so <laughs> uh, that kind of got me into like, all right, let's just start like digging down and like reading books and like, you know, figuring out like what, what I want to do. Cause I didn't really know what I wanted to do um, sure. when I was in, high school, I had a little, uh, little shop, you know, souping up cars 
you know, so I really like doing that. I was like, ah, maybe I can do that. You know, so I looked into a bunch of businesses and then I stumbled across real estate and I was like, whoa, this, this makes a lot of sense, you know, and, uh, didn't waste any time. And I think I, by that time I like graduated and I started, you know, working full time and, um, I kind of just jumped in, you know, my friends were buying houses and living in them. So I was like, well, I'll just right. keep living at home. I'll buy this house. I'll rent it out. Worst comes to worst. It doesn't work out. I'll just move into it. Right. I bought it in a sweet area where it was cool. Right. Obviously I looked at the numbers to make sure all that worked, but sure. um, yeah, I, I bought that first place. And I remember I, I bought it. It didn't need any work. Um, I just literally bought it. I think I like, I didn't think I had it cleaned. Like as soon as we like closed on it, I had it like listed <laughs> it on it. Zillow yeah, yeah. for rent. <laughs> it leased up super quick. Wow. And uh, I think the numbers, I think my mortgage and insurance and stuff was like 1200 a month. Um, and I ended up renting it out. I think that first year for like 1700. Nice. So I was like, it's a little cash flow. Yeah. I like was leaving there. I was like, why am I going to work? Like, this is stupid. <laughs> like I'm sitting here 40 hours a week, miserable, stressed out, like all this stuff. And like, I got a few more of these, you know, like five, six, you know, eight of these places making me 500 a month. I don't need to go to work. Like screw this work. Let's buy like 10 more of these, you know? Um, yeah. So that's kind of like, I don't know. I think that's like how real estate starts, right? You just sure. like, you kind of get, get that first win. Well, I guess it either starts or ends, right? Cause I know a lot of people have had bad, um, first, um, not impressions, but first experiences. Yeah. I mean, if you get some bad renters that yeah. trash your place, your first time, you're like, man, I don't want to deal with that again. Right. Right. Sure, so you've gone through that at some point. Oh yeah. A lot of it, a lot yeah. of it, but luckily it wasn't the first one, right. You want yeah. your first one to be good to be so sweet. All, like happy and fluffy. Cause like, I don't know, like a lot of stuff, like there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens when you deal with other people. Right. Yeah. So, um, when you're like, a few places in then it's like ah whatever right it's just like part of the game but when it's your first one you don't want that like bad taste in your mouth right how so, old were you when you did that first deal i was 20 24 i think okay, i was so young. 20 i should have been 23 so like sure before i went down the rabbit hole was i got my corvette and i was that was like my oh, car that i go. wanted after <laughs> right after i graduated there you go. and the story behind that is I'd go, I'd work all morning at my engineering job. And then at night I'd go to night classes. So coming out of night classes, there was this guy that had the exact Corvette that I wanted. Jetstream blue C6, E06. And it would sit in front of the college every night. And I'm like, man, I'm like doing this so I can buy the stupid car. Mm -hmm. So the car also played into like me, like <laughs> looking out the window, like, all right, like, <laughs> I want more than this car. I want like better stuff. I want cooler stuff. I want faster stuff. Right. So, um, anyway, that's I one thing, man, I, I wish, I wish I'd have learned, you know, I remember I drove a 95 Toyota Avalon that I bought off my grandparents and I drove that, you know, all through my college days. So this was up through 2012. I lived at home for a couple of years, you know, when I, when I got to work, cause I was only, I was kind of on a rotational thing. And, um, so I was still driving that 95 Toyota Avalon, man, until I was like 25 years old Then my, my little brother needed a car when he was turning 16. So I gave him that car and then I went and bought a truck and I remember being like, Oh, cool. You know, I went and bought my first truck and now, you know, having the mentality of buying an asset before the liability, you know, I, I just so wish I would have learned that earlier, man. I know, <laughs> like, we, you know, I went to 
Wayne State and Detroit, you know, you're a Detroit guy. Yeah. The real estate down there, like I was living in this slummy apartment and we used to make fun of our slumlord, you know, guy that we rented from. And the, you know, jokes on me, why wasn't I buying some of that real estate back then? Cause the real estate in that area, now that they got the little Caesars arena up and all that, I mean, it just has skyrocketed. Crazy. I know, dude. Absolutely wild. Yeah. So, that's funny. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> like, I, I, I think back to those days and I'm like, dude how how did i miss that like how did i not have that vision but you know time time comes when it comes right so what brought your family to detroit of all you know of all the places they could have come from romania uh so i i remember i asked my mom that because i was like out of everywhere you could have went like why didn't you go to like somewhere warm and nice like why'd you go to like gray pothole ridden just right right <laughs> you know michigan and like nothing wrong with Michigan, right? It's a beautiful state. Beautiful in the summer. In comparison to other places you could go in the United States. Yeah. I wouldn't rank it very high, right? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's probably um, in the middle. I'd say middle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah middle's yeah. fair. Um, but yeah, it was pretty much so. They ended up moving here because of the auto industry. Both my parents were engineers. Uh, my yeah. dad was a mechanical engineer and my mom was a chemical engineer and they had masters. Um, so like the auto industry. And then the second was a lot of their friends that also moved to America moved here. Right. So they already kind of like new people. And, you know, it, it's a pretty crazy story when we moved here. I think we moved here. We had like three suitcases and my parents had like $3,000 and wow. that went to the first car they bought. And from there it was just hustle until, you know, they were able crazy. to, uh, yeah, get to, uh, where they were now so yeah, wow nice. man well y'all if you don't follow Tio, you gotta go follow him he's on instagram at real t-o bogdan t-e-o-b-o-g-d-a-n go follow him he puts out a ton of great real estate tips and content so i'm real excited to get into that with you today so you know you, you went over your first real estate deal it was it was literally just a buy rent you know that that's a deal i've done i think it's a good one especially for someone just starting out to you know, what, uh, what, what are you looking for if you're doing a deal like that? You know, you're not looking for a flip, you're not looking for anything. You're just looking for a property. Is there anything specific that you really need to look for? Or is it, it really just to, you know, crunch the numbers, make sure you can rent it? Yeah. So I would say what I was looking for before changed to what I'm looking for now. Right. But like looking at like that first deal, right. If that's what you want to do is a single family, um, I wouldn't even do a single family. I would just do like a duplex or fourplex because you can get financed the same way sure. as a single family. Um, so that's like one thing I would change. The other thing is if you're doing your first deal and you don't really know much, don't bite off more than you can chew. Just get that first deal done. And even if it doesn't cash flow a lot, like you want it to cash flow, right? You don't want to be in a negative, but you, I think it, a lot of people, so I go to like a lot of meetups because I'm always trying to meet like wholesalers, people that have deals like this and that stuff. Um, and I've seen people just, I don't know, I've been doing this for like six or seven years that they're still trying to overanalyze some shit, you know, <laughs> like to this day. Right. Um, so, you know, don't be that person, just get sure. that first one out the way. And, you know, as long as the numbers work and, you know, it's pretty simple to run numbers mm -hmm. um you can hit someone up that's like in your market and be like hey i want to buy this and does it work right yeah um so yeah i think that's the biggest thing is just get that for if you're looking for rentals right if you're sure. looking for rentals just buy a house that 
you know, you can make 100, 200 bucks a month in cash flow. And, you know, obviously if you do your calculation, right, with capex and vacancy and management and all that stuff, if it's included and you're still making that much, that's a great deal, you know, get it done. And then after I, that, you kind of. You listen to Uncle G, Grant Cardone, you know, he talks about renting where you live and not, not buying. One thing I wish I'd have done is done the duplex fourplex thing and just lived in one and basically had my, you know, my rent either drastically reduced or completely covered. Yep. And like, if you're young, single, whatever, you know, privacy is not a thing, right. I'm a family man now. So we're, you know, having some roommates isn't exactly the most attractive option. So, but you know, in my young single days, man, like I'm kicking myself for not doing that. And most people think, you know, they can't afford it. Or most people think, you know, I need to save up some big chunk of money. You know, the Dave Ramsey, save up 20% before you buy your first house. You know, what do you think about that, that sort of mindset when you're going into buying real estate? Yeah. I mean, that, that's like the perfect way to do it is like 3%, you know, that's what you'd probably qualify for even sometimes even less, right. Depending right. on what programs are going on. But so, Tio, you're going to pay mortgage insurance. Who cares, man? <laughs> who cares? Like, I, the, you know, it was the same thing, you know, that's funny. Cause, and I know you're just like, you know, joking around, but like, yeah. that's the same thing that I got with like quitting my job. Like, Hey, why would you quit a six figure job? You have like a 401k and you have like health insurance and you have dental and you have like all this other garbage. Right. And I'm like, all right, so I'm going to sit here and be miserable just because, you know, it's the golden handcuffs, right? You got a little 401k and a little bit of health insurance and, you know, um, but it's the same thing in real estate, right? Like, don't even worry about that stuff. Cause if you think about it, uh, I don't know, let's call it like a $150,000 house, $200,000 house. What's your mortgage payment on that? Like, I don't know, 12, $1,300 a month. Yeah. 1200 bucks. Yeah. So like, you get two roommates, you buy a three bed, one bath house, you get two roommates, charge them each like 600 bucks. Like they're not going to find a place to live for 600 bucks. Like, right. right. So like, that's a great deal. You hang out with buddies, you drink beers with them, you watch TV, you play video games, you yeah. do whatever. Right. And you're literally living for free. Yeah. Right. And then 100%. you can still, you can run out the basement. There's like, endless possibilities of like well and i like parents sending their kids to universities right they have them living in a dorm room they're paying rent to some big university right like mm -hmm. if, if you're if you're going down that path with your kids highly recommend if you're listening right now and you're, and you're thinking about some of this stuff you know think about what real estate you could buy and turn into a cash flowing property while you know if you got a kid going to university you can live there right you give them a nice place to live you know, make sure you, you can even help him handpick his roommates, right? To make sure yeah. he's got some good people. He got a little control there, I think. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not a bad strategy. I wish I would have done that, you know, in hindsight too. So as you matured in your real estate dealings, like what, what did you move on to as your next deals? Did you start doing flips? Did you, you know, are you looking only multifamily rentals? What, what, what all yes. have you done? So right now, so I pretty much it evolved from, so there's like a whole bunch of, I think, evolutions that I've went through, <laughs> through real estate. So at first I was just like saving up money from my salary job to get that another down payment to buy another house. Right. And like, you can't scale quickly like that. You can't, you know, so that's when I was like, figured out like, Hey, there's people that have money that 
they don't know what to do with to invest in and they're willing to give it to me to make a return on it. And, you know, it's a win-win, right? So then I figured out like how to raise money um, to buy rentals and, you know, cause then you're not just limited by how fast you can save up that mm-hmm. 20, 25%, right? Then you're just limited on everyone else's money and, you know, putting the deals together and finding the deals, you know? Right. Um, and then from there, I started kind of flipping houses and uh, I still flip houses every now and then I, I like try not to, but like, they just like sometimes come your way and it's like, ah, how can you like say no? Right. Cause it's just like easy money. You know um, I don't actually do any of the work on them. They just kind of have teams. Um, so essentially it went from that and then we grew into a property management company. So I'm a property management company that manages all my rentals um, and we have maintenance staff all in there and same thing. They service all the rentals. They help with the flips. They do, you know, whatever is going on that's going on. Um, and then from there, we pretty much went to now I'm mainly just looking for like bigger uh, apartment complexes. Right. So 50 and up um, working on a few big ones right now that, you know, trying to close up and, uh, yeah, just kind of scale from there and also development, you know, if we can find a piece of land and throw some apartments on it, we're also looking at that. So cool. Awesome, man. Yeah. So when you do the flips, are you, are you seriously just flipping it and selling it or do you, do you buy hold? Like what do you recommend people hold on to them or flip them? I mean, if you need quick cash, does it just kind of depend? I think it depends on the house um, and the area. So I don't really want any more like single families at this point. Um, So I'll kind of do that. Like I have a four unit that I bought that it was pretty run down and crappy. So that's going to get fixed up, refinance out, get my money back out. And Mm -hmm. I can just sit there and cash flow. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of just depends on the property. Um, I think I did buy a house. Was it this year or last year that I kept as a rental Um, just because it, it was like, I got it for cheap enough and it just worked as a rental and I didn't want to deal with like the selling it. And so I think now I'm at the point where if a house is in a really nice area that I see a lot of upside in Mm -hmm. that I see it keep going in value. And if it works as from a rental standpoint, like a cash flow standpoint, then I'll just keep it, you know, but I'm not like actively going out looking for single families. Right. Right. So I think it really depends on, um, when you start your journey, you kind of got to figure out like, okay, like how much money do I want to make a month? Right. And is that going to come from maybe like eight, five, 10 houses that are completely paid off that mm-hmm. are just, I can live off of, or mm-hmm. is it going to come off of like thousands of units? Right. So sure. it just kind of depends on like what lifestyle you want and where you want to go. So I think that's like step number one to figure out (laughs) what you want and then go from there. You know, I think, you know, you hear some of the big folks again, like the Grant Cardones of the world talk about the larger multifamily. And and when you actually break down the numbers of those deals, you can see why they go after those deals because they are, you know, it's just the returns are incredible. You know, you you got uh, Robert Kiyosaki and and the folks talking about the infinite return and all this stuff. Right. Um, but there's lots of ways to make money in real estate. And there's a lot, you know, there's tons of people who own a ton of single family and make a ton of money, right. You know, mm-hmm. different risk profile, all that stuff. I'm, I'm curious as, as you have built your team 
you know, it seems like a very important thing as, as far as scaling is, is having a good team. Did you just kind of stumble upon your team or how, like, how did you go about building your team of, you know, I got my general contractors or whatever that can do my flips. I've got my management company that I've, I've built. Like what, how'd you go about building your team? Uh, it was out of like really necessity. Right. So I got to probably like 20 something rentals. And then I was like, all right. Um, that's units or actual properties units okay um and i was like we it's very hard managing all this like i spend my whole day not really your whole day but it feels like you're spending your whole day when you got to deal with calls deal with this deal with that right so then i was like all right i need a property management company because everything that i've seen from other like reviews on other property management company no one's ever good enough no one's ever right so i was like you know i'll just do it on my yeah. own right build a company because to be honest no matter how good your investment is with the wrong manager with the wrong property management company it doesn't matter it could right. be a place that cash flows a thousand dollars a month if you got the wrong manager in there it's gonna be just as terrible of a deal as right. the worst of the deals right, right. so that's kind of like the lifeline of real estate, right? Is the the management of it. Are they all long-term rentals that you have like six months to a year plus? Yeah. Uh, I have one Airbnb. I used to have two. Yeah. Um, it's, I like the set it and forget it thing. Um, yeah. you know, like when I was managing them, I'd know like everyone's names. I know like everyone's backstory. Now I'm at the point where like, I don't even know who's in there. I just know that it's filled and they're paying the rent and we're good. Right. 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 So, um, with Airbnbs, it's a little bit more management intensive, but I did have a manager that yeah. managed it, but there's still more, there's still a few more, you know, things that are turning that need attention, but sure. I guess the extra cash flow makes up for it. Right. In uh, theory, in theory. Yeah. In we, theory. we did the, <laughs> Our first rental, we turned it into an Airbnb just this year to try it because it's in a pretty good location near downtown Houston. And um, the first month it did exactly, you know, a little bit above actually what we expected it to do. And it's, you know, it was more than double what I was getting long-term rent wise. But to the management side, we, we hired a very good management company that does like 40 plus of these around Houston and, uh, you know, we give them a pretty good, pretty good cut, but they handle, you know, they handle everything. So I don't, you know, I don't got to think about it. And, yeah. um, so, you know, there's definitely the Air, in the Airbnb world, there's definitely some higher, uh, higher, uh, higher risk, I guess. And, uh, you know, potentially higher reward too, but, um, yeah, I would agree. I think the one thing that doesn't really get covered in when you see everyone like pitching Airbnbs, um, no one says that like, Hey, you're probably going to end up spending like eight to 10 grand on a place to get it decorated. Nice to make it look really good. Right. Oh yeah. Because that that's right. You gotta have some sort of feel, some sort of vibe, some sort of, you know, something that attracts people. Yeah. Um, just so even then, even if it looks good in pictures when they're there, they're like, wow, this is like really cool. Right. Yeah. Um, cause like the one that we have it, we have repeat customers all the time, right? Because they wow. come to visit family or they come for work and they always like staying there because it's it's like a industrial vibe kind of like train. What, what of part things. of town is it in? 
it's the most random part ever. It's in Sterling Heights. Oh, okay. <laughs> so cool. there's like nothing there essentially. Right. It, it's not like it's in Detroit or it's in like, you know, a city that's like, you know, popping, I guess yeah, like yeah, Royal yeah. Oak or something like that. Um, but that's, it, it pretty much became vacant and uh, I was really good. And I'm really good friends with the people that manage it. Cool. And I was like, Hey, let's, you want to try it? And I was kind of just like joking around they're like, I don't know if it works. There's like nothing to compare it to. I'm like, let's try sure. it. It's vacant yeah. anyway. Let's see what happens. Right. And it worked out really well. So I think it's been a Airbnb for like three, four years now. Yeah. hundred percent though. That investment piece. It, I mean, you got your down payment, whatever your, your three or 5% or whatever you can get it for. And then, you know, depending on how expensive a place it is, it's going to cost you 10 to 20 grand for sure to. Yeah. So that's probably the furnace, like right? a, a thousand square foot place. Right. But you need plates. You need, yeah. You know, I was going to say napkins, you need napkins yeah. and towels, towels and like all this stuff, right. There's so everything. many things that go into it yeah. and you can't have like crappy things. Right. If you're trying. Oh to, yeah. Right. You want to have something really nice. So people, right. Like why would someone go to your place than a hotel, sure. right? Yeah. You got to be above a hotel. So yeah, there's uh there's a lot of things that I think the gurus don't like pitch. Plus you need to have like the run up time, right? So once you get, you need, you need to build your reviews, you need to build, you need to like build it. Right. But the, like, once it's built, you know, it performs really well. So, yeah, you know, there's a little, maybe, I don't know, three, I guess it depends the area, right. And how sure. busy it is, but hundred percent, there's a few months of like, slowness <laughs> yeah so <laughs> you know it took us we we did a lot ourselves but you know trying to furnish a place over two months you know af, out of hours it, it uh it was a lot of work yeah <laughs> a lot of work a lot of money a lot of time and yep. you know you're, you're floating a mortgage for a couple months with no renter which mm-hmm. uh which was stressful but yeah i mean it uh it can make uh it can make some good money 100 yeah yeah, um, no, and I, I think the model is like really sweet. So like right now I'm looking for if I find like anything on a lake, um, because I really want a lake house. That's what yeah. I would do for an Airbnb. You right? got your so eye on any lakes specifically? Michigan's got a ton of lakes. Yeah, so Higgins Lake, Houghton Lake, and re- really any lake. It doesn't matter around the whole Michigan. If I can yeah. find a sweet place on a lake that I can like rehab, make really nice, and turn nice. into an Airbnb, you know. That's awesome, man. Be all about it. I think so. Something you hit on, you know, making the place nice, you know, lots of people think of real estate as like, oh, you know, I'm just trying to get some cash flow or whatever. But the upside is going to even be greater if you can offer that really good service to the people, you know, having having a, a management company that does really good, having, you know, a place that's furnished in a way where people show up and they're like, dang, this place is awesome. You might spend more in the, in the front end, but you know, I think that's a really just good takeaway. If you're listening business mentality of how, how can I provide a better service than my competition is providing? Mm-hmm. And, and you're just, you'll just stand out. Right. And, and you're gonna, you're gonna see rewards from that. Yeah. No, dude, like, I think you have to, right. You can't be, and there's a lot of them. Like I have tenants that move in and they're like, they've, they tell me like the places that they are living in or were living in and i was like how does like how that's crazy right there's just all these crazy things but people are like they're trying to like save a 100 bucks here a 100 bucks there but you know i don't think that really gets you anywhere um you can really just charge more for rent if you have a nicer place you get nicer tenants everything everything's a better experience when you kind of go above and beyond and you know Mm -hmm. and 
there's limits, right? Obviously, because if you go above those limits, you're not cash flowing anymore. And that's just, yeah, I don't know. You're not investing anymore. You're just <laughs> doing weird stuff, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. hundred percent. To you, I had a guy I was talking to, you had kind of touched on like the cash flowing piece, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you want the place to cash flow if you can. Right. But I, you know, I think there's so many hidden things in real estate. I met this guy, he, his goal was by the time it was kind of like part of his retirement plan it was by the time he retires, he wants 10 properties paid off. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even care about the cash flow. That was the comment he made to me. He's like, I don't even care if they cash flow. And I'm, I'm, and I was kind of like thrown, thrown back by that. But, you know, it was one of those things where if you think about it, if you think about all, you know, you're building equity in it, as long as it, the mortgage is covered and you, you know, you're not losing money on it, eventually you're going to own that property. You're going to have a big chunk of equity, you know, property may appreciate like what, what are, what other things are people not thinking about in that real estate equation? You know, most people are just thinking the cash flow, but you know, maybe they don't really understand all those numbers or things they need to consider. What, what do they need to be thinking about? So I think it depends on your, your strategy. I don't think that not to say that he's wrong or right? everyone's got a different strategy. Like to me, my strategy is cash flow, right? Um, I want cash flow because if I if I don't, then the money that I put into it is essentially dying in my eyes, right? If I'm not getting a return on the money that I have into something, mm-hmm. it's dying. I know it's, you know, you're paying down your mortgage, you're appreciating maybe, you're, you know, doing all these tax advantages, all this other stuff. But to me, it's always cash flow and all the other things are just bonuses they're like like the the toppings on the cake the cherry the you know all the other stuff on top of the cake right so to me i always look at cash flow as number one right and then so i got lucky when i bought i bought a bunch of places in royal oak right and royal oak's gone like crazy right like a lot of my houses have like almost doubled in value yeah right but when I bought them, they worked as rental properties. They cash flowed. They were great, right? The reason that now they're worth way more money, that's just a bonus, right? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like how I see it. Yeah. But yeah. You definitely have like depreciation. You definitely have like the tax advantages. Um, you have all these other things, but I think those are just like the, uh, you know, the, the cherry on top of the cake, right? Sure. It's not the, uh, not the whole cake. The, I think the, the base of the cake is <laughs> the cash flow and yeah. everything else is just, you know, bonuses. Um, but right. Everyone's every, so like, I see why people would want to, I guess you don't care if they cash flow. If you have a really high paying job, you could like float it. Cause you're, you're, you're going to have repairs. You're going to have tenants that, you know, do stupid things. You're going to have, you know, a sewer line that goes bad, that's going to cost you 10 grand. You're going to have a lot of crazy things mostly as you expand and get more rentals. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think you want to, uh, float, you know, 20, 30, 40 houses if something bad happens. Right. Yeah. So, um, that's why it's super important to, I think to, you know, bet on that cash flow. but you know, he's right. Cause after, after they're all paid off, you might have, who knows, one, two, three, four, five million dollars, depending on the house sure. sitting there in equity, right? That he could probably pull out and use for something else. Plus, he's going to be getting rent. So, you know, everyone's everyone's got to pick, you know, whatever investment strategy fits what their lifestyle and what kind of money they got coming in or out or whatever works best for them, you know? Yeah, 100%. Man. That's the cool thing about real estate. You can 
make it, you know, fit your thing, right? Right. Your thing that you're doing. So, you know, you mentioned earlier, you, you've gone into um, investors funding your deals. And so this is something that I've, I've heard guys like Robert Kiyosaki say, you know, you're not a true entrepreneur until you can raise capital, which I thought yeah. was kind of an interesting, interesting mindset. How do you go about finding investors? And, you know, I guess for those maybe saving their money right now, you know, we're entering potentially a period of hyperinflation. We've seen, you know, numbers in the 6% plus range recently, you know, what, what is the real advantage um, as a hedge against inflation, maybe to get your money. If you do just have money sitting around, you know, you're busy working, you don't have time to deal with real estate. You know, maybe you want to be an investor uh, in, uh, you know, one of, TO's deals or, or Phil Swanson's deals. What, why would that be valuable to you if, if your money's just sitting in a bank right now with, with all this potential inflation? Yeah. I mean, that's a whole, uh, that's, that's the whole thing, right. About what, what's happening with, with our money right now. Right. And how they just keep printing more and more of it. And, you know, the $10 you saved last year is not worth $10 anymore. Right. So, um, and it's, it's, out it's hard to tell what that actual number is. Right. I think right. it's that $10 is probably worth like seven fifty, <laughs> Right. Um, probably. but, um, yeah, so I, I'm always uh, a fan of making your money work for you and not letting it sit there. Um, I think the way I was able to, and I am able to raise money. I just, I just do deals and people, it's like an organic thing. It's like weird going to ask, people for money kind of right um it's not like weird but it's like you don't it's better when it someone approaches you and they're like hey i really like what you're doing um with your rentals or with whatever you're doing your flips um how can i do it right and then you just tell them how you do it and they're mm -hmm. like oh it kind of takes a lot of time and i'm like yeah it kind of does um but you know and they'll be like well i just have like this 50 grand or 100 grand that's like sitting here that you know i've been thinking of you know doing a flip or a rental with um and you can either partner with them or they'll can just be like hey like you know i'll give you this and i'll get x amount of return on the back end or you know that's an infinite way of like structuring it too is sure um stuff like that too so i think that's probably the best way to do it is to just kind of you know put out there what you're doing Mm -hmm. and uh you know people see it and they're like oh that's you know that's kind of cool and yeah you know even if they ask you questions and they do it on their own like you know that's fine you know it's just more people you know that you kind of help out to get out of whatever rat race or whatever they got going on you know yeah man 100 percent. you know I, th I think like your videos you put out on social giving people free tips you, know, you hear a lot about giving people value free advice these days and you hit on a great point because these people, they're going to hear, they're going to hear you tell them all the work that's involved. Cause you know, it's not get rich quick or get rich easy in real estate. There's a lot of work that goes into it and you got to know a lot and man, there's a lot of ways you can really, really mess up and, uh, and get in a bad spot too. So, you know, people can hear some of these things. And, and I, I heard someone talk about Tio, the, every video you make on social is like hiring another salesperson which I thought was an interesting mentality. It's like, you know, you put this out into the, into the world and you don't know who's going to see it, you know, yeah. five, 10, whenever, you know, months from now. And, you know, it's a really good mentality. Just, just thinking about adding value to people. And, and then you start getting, you know, I've, I've kind of experienced it naturally too. You know, you start getting people coming to you, asking you questions. You almost get 
deals brought to you? Like, Hey, you know, here's this deal deal. You, you, like when, when did you have that point in your career where, where people started just bringing you deals? I think it was, uh, well, I've definitely gotten deals for my videos. I, I yeah. don't think I like started doing the videos. It was more of a, a challenge that I was part of. And I was like, well, I just do real estate. So I'm just going to make videos on real estate. Right. And then that yeah. was just one of the, the byproducts of making the videos and sharing like, you know, what I do every day. And here's like, you know, what this house looks like before and what it looks like now. Here's like right. the crazy things you got to deal with tenants, right? Here's the, <laughs> you know, I've so, seen some of those ones. Yeah. <laughs> so those are always fun, you know? Um, but yeah, so I think it's just, you know, you just kind of put it out there without really expecting anything. I really, I, I selfishly, selfless, I don't even know what the right word is. Self, selfishly or selfishly maybe self selfishly i selfishly did those videos to like improve my speaking and my the way i like present myself right right and the outcome was you know getting deals and you know people trusting your opinion on certain things right um and i did the same thing like um in the previous years i i ran a meetup and same sort of thing came out of that like hey you know like I came across this deal. Is it a good deal? And, you yeah. know, I'd sit down and like help them run some numbers on like a multifamily property or something. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and then I'd be like, uh, I don't have money for this. Do you want to partner <laughs> up on it? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. You know? So um, I don't know. I just see like, you know, just helping people in general is like my main mission and whatever like comes out of it, comes out of it. Right. Um, there's like no expectation for anything to come out of it. Essentially, yeah. Right. That's awesome, man. Are you only looking in the Detroit area for deals or where, like, where, where are you focused or, or are you open to deals outside of the state of Michigan? Um, as long as they're big enough, right? So if it's anything outside of Michigan, it'd probably have to be like a hundred units and above. Um, but mainly, um, I'm pretty much looking everywhere, wherever there's deals, I'm, I'm looking for them. Right. Um, it just makes it a lot easier, you know, in the Metro Detroit area over here, um, just because I have the property management company. So it's easy to take something over. It's easy to get units turned. I, I have contacts, um, to, you know, do whatever needs to be done to any of those places. So, sure. um, but obviously that all those connections can be made in other States too, but, um, it's just hard without, um, it's not really hard. I wouldn't say the word's hard. Like to me, it's, if I were to scale outside of Michigan, I'd want to see, you know, a bigger property um, sure. for it to make sense for me, you know? Yeah. 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 hundred percent. You know, I think going back to the inflation comment, you know, one of the, one of the main things that really good for people to think about is, you know, with interest rates where they are right now, you're, you're acquiring it, you know, if you use debt to acquire the property, you know, you're, you're getting debt at a super low interest rate. And then if the dollars devalue, then you're paying off that debt with devalued dollars. Mm -hmm. And so with that mentality in mind, you know, you really have a super good hedge against inflation, even if you're just parking money in, in, you know, one of Tio's deals in real estate. Right. So, you know, if you got money in the market, right. You, you know, I don't know about UTO, but I don't know anybody. I know they're out there. There's got to be people out there, but I don't know many people who are like, yeah, man, I got rich because I have a 401k. <laughs> like, do you know anybody who talks oh. like that? I've never heard anybody say that. Oh, that's hilarious. Have yeah, you? I'd probably laugh at them. No, <laughs> I, 
like, I just haven't heard. No, I'm not saying a 401k is a bad thing, but you know, I just don't know anybody that got wealthy without doing something, either owning equity in a business or owning some sort of real estate or hard asset. Like, I, don't, I just sure. don't. What do you think about crypto? Is crypto a hard asset? Are you in crypto at all? I am. I'm uh, very heavily into crypto. I'm actually working on um, a mining operation. Oh. Um, so uh, I'm a huge believer in crypto. I'm a huge fan of crypto. Um, and I think a lot of people don't. They just see like, oh, I can buy this dog coin for two cents and then it'll go to a dollar and I'll be rich. Right. Um, <laughs> and you know, that's, that's probably what got me into crypto, right. Uh, a few years ago and, uh, looking at the value of we as a people being in charge of our own money and not anyone else. Um, when you kind of see that value mm -hmm. aspect of crypto, sure. um, that's, I think when you're like, all right, this is a hundred times better than what we've been using so far. Right. And, uh, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of crypto. I'm a huge believer. Um, I have a lot of money invested in crypto and mining and everything else. So, wow. um, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I looked at it from an investment standpoint as of, um, similar to real estate, right. Um, so let's just say you put a hundred K down into some mining hardware. Well, you're going to get your payoff if everything stays as is within a year, sometimes less than a year. Right. Um, looking at that from an investment standpoint, there's literally nothing that has those kinds of returns. Right. And granted yeah. right now there's right. We're in a crazy, crazy bull market. Sure. And, you know, things are going to change in a bear market and the risk, right? Real estate's like, you can't even see it, right? It's basement floor. Crypto yeah. is like, you know, 10, probably 100 stories up, like, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, so, but I think it, it's good to kind of um, hedge against everything, right? So have your, kind of be invested in different um, mm -hmm. businesses and, you know, kind of once this business goes bad or goes to a you know, maybe a, a bear market, you know, you can go, you know, you got this one that maybe goes to a bull market, you know, so it right, just right. balances out. But yeah, I'm a huge, uh, I'm a huge fan of crypto. Cool, man. I haven't dipped my toe in yet. I had uh, crypto wizard, uh, Joel Cleland from our, mm -hmm. from our society on the show. The, he's over at centric and he was teaching me a little bit about it. You know, the, I think that mentality of just cutting out the middleman is, is, is what might, might do it for me is kind of just seeing the value of, you know, direct payments and not having to go through some third party to yeah, just exchange I, money. I think crypto for me, it's, and I think for everyone, it's, uh, it's, uh, since Bitcoin goes and like, it's, it kind of has, it's like four year cycles, right. Um, with the halvings and everything, mm -hmm. um, you probably have to go through like one of those cycles to actually like understand it. Cause when I first got into it, I was like, all right, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to get rich and things are going to be great. Right that's not really how it was. I was like trading it. Right. And I've learned that I'm not a good trader, right. I'm a very emotional trader. So I'd like buy it and I'd sell it and it'd still go higher. So I was like, I'd buy it some more, but I'd buy it at the peak and then a dump and I'd sell it. And it was just a disaster. Right. So I was like, all right, no more of this buying and selling shit. No more gambling. Um, no more gambling. Right. Just buy it and hold it. And like, once you do that, <laughs> um, it's yeah. I, I've read a lot of books on like money, 
how money works, how banking works, how like our whole system works. And I've really done a deep dive on understanding um, Bitcoin. I think everything else is kind of like a, there's different utilities for everything. And, you know, it's, it's a really huge topic to talk about, but um, I, I'm a really big believer in like Bitcoin, right? So like when you read about it and see like, how smart Satoshi was for how he developed it and the way it works. It's just like, it's mind blowing and it's like really cool, you know? So, yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's hard. So like I can go into a room and try to like convert people to like, you know, orange pill them, right. Uh, to bring them to the dark side of Bitcoin. Right. But it'll never work. Right. Cause yeah. I'm sure people try to do it since me and same yeah. thing with real estate. Right. Like I've tried to tell so many of my friends to just buy the fucking house and rent it out or do this or do that. And they right. haven't done it. And then like a few years later, they're like, Hey, uh, I think we want to buy some rentals. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's just like one of those things that you have to like figure out on your own essentially. Right. And that's like what it was. And that's like what Bitcoin is. And that's what real estate, yeah. that's what all this stuff is. Right. You have to like figure it out, do your due diligence, read on it and if it clicks, it clicks, right? If it doesn't, it doesn't. So, yeah, I think that's a huge takeaway for anybody listening. You know, you, you don't really start learning either. Like you, you could read books all day, but you don't really start learning until you actually start doing some of these things. Yep. So I don't know anybody who doesn't wish they started earlier in real estate or investing. So Teo, with that in mind, it's been super fun, man. I know you got to run and uh, you got some meetings and stuff today. So I'm going to keep you Gary V shared some perspective a while back and it's been this thing I've always asked most of my guests at the end of the show, you know, with technology today, you don't, you don't know who's going to see this years down the road. Like I, I, I might have one picture of my great grandpa or, you know, maybe one video where I could see him in a wheelchair or something in the old folks home when I was a kid and I don't even remember. Right. But, you know, imagine seeing uncle Teo talking with Phil and, uh, you know, great, great grandpa, Tio, what would you want to leave those generations with? If you could leave them with something today, what would you want to leave them with? Just thinking that you don't know who might see this down the road. I would say, uh, quit, quit overthinking stuff and just kind of go for it. Obviously do it with enough education to know that you're kind of making the right decision. Um, because knowing what I know now, I wish someone would have told me to quit engineering. I wish someone would have just told me not even to go to college and waste my time. Someone should just tell me like, Hey, instead of like <laughs> spend so much money on college, you could own like 10 houses that would have been worth who knows how much right now. Right. So like, and it doesn't have to be real estate or anything, right. It has to be what you want to do. Um, so pick that thing that you want to do and like, go for it. Right. Like, do it in a smart, educated way. So that way, you know, if you do fail, you have some ways to pick yourself up or, you know, but just pick that one thing and get after it. And don't, the time's never going to be right. The sun's never going to shine the right way. The, you know, stars aren't going to align. You just gotta, just gotta get up there and do it. And then it'll work. It's, it'll work itself out. Right. When I quit my job, I thought I was going to go the one direction, kind of went a different one. So it just, if you're hungry enough to, you know, get after it, it'll, it'll work out. Great advice to you. I appreciate you coming on brother. Y'all go follow Tio at real T O Bogdan T E O B O G D A N. And, uh, he's putting out some good stuff. Tio, thanks for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate the conversation, man. That was an honor. Hope to see you soon. All right, y'all. You have a great day. Go lead everything.
If you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode or any of this content, please share it and send them over to goleadeverything.com to learn more. It has been amazing to hear about all the individuals who listen to and are getting value from the content here at GLE. Thank you for your support. You are the reason we do what we do. See you next time and go lead everything.